0: Just a heads up to our listeners, today's pre-show runs a little long. Uh, we talk about cartoon-related stuff, mostly about uh, cartoon timelines, but if you want to skip ahead to the main show, it starts at about 19 minutes. Enjoy the show. Yeah, what's your favorite? Retronauts?
1: I love yeah. Retronauts.
0: Yeah, Retronauts actually, is that's,
1: awesome. That's actually how I found animation Fishing Out is because uh, uh, Bob <laughs> Mackey said he was going to be on your show,
0: so I decided to listen to it. And oh, like Bob it. Mackey has a live and breathe. Yeah, Bob Mackie. We're trying to get him back on.
1: I actually drew envelope art into um, Retronauts because they were asking for it.
0: You know, Bob Mackie looks a lot younger,
2: a lot cleaner shaved, and a lot fuller hair than I imagined.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know how that sounds, I but he does. I
3: don't
2: yeah, look,
1: actually, I don't know how I imagine him to look. I have no idea. I think I saw him once in a video, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Very, he's very youthful. um. When he took over Retrodots, I'm like, oh no, what what's Retrodots gonna be like without Jeremy Parrish? And then and then they did like a, a Cuneo episode and I'm like, No, no, he, he this guy's cool.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I like I like Bob because he's he's funny. Oh.
2: <laughs> I got some I got some I got some computer game news if you got a second. Um I just found out recently that uh, Chris Roberts is starting a Kickstarter to fund a new space flight sim. Hmm. For people who don't know, Chris Roberts was the man in charge that made Origin Systems Wing Commander video game, computer game series in the early 90s. Um, see, I had lots of uh, reservations about this because not only I love the Wing Commander games, which were great, which had this really nice, you know, Battlestar Galactica meets uh, Babylon 5 feel without the mysticism. It's, it's all just tech, you know, no mysticism, no space magic.
0: That's why you like it.
2: And and then and then he made the movie. He made the movie. He alone is not was responsible for the movie, which had space magic, and Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard. Wait,
1: Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard? You
0: mean Scooby Doo? What? Oh my god, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Freddie Prince Jr. was Freddie.
2: <laughs> yes, wow. yes. Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard were that. in Chris Roberts' live action million dollar, and when I say million dollar, the budget was like three million dollars for the whole movie. Adaptation of the Wing Commander video game series called Wing Commander the Movie, which <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen the movie. No. It is quite possibly the worst movie I ever saw in my life. <laughs> what, and what, is, like, what is Wing Commander about? Like, Wing Commander the, the, game. games, the games were you playing this regular human pilot that has no space magic. Who is who is flying in the front lines in space carrier battles against a, a feline alien species called the Killarothi? So it's it, it's very nitty gritty, you know. You know, there's um, other than artificial gravity, the the tech didn't feel too out there. It, it was it was really something I enjoyed. And then you know, Wing Commander one, two, three came out. Three and four had live action. 3, 4, and 5 actually had live action with uh, Mark Hamill playing the main character. I just I just uh, searched for
1: Wing Commander, Killer Offee, and oh my god, those puppets. What is wrong with them?
2: Actually, the puppets <laughs> in the games look better than the ones in the movie. The ones in the movie don't even look like cats anymore. They look like giant frogs.
1: Yeah, I. what happened? <laughs> I well, giant I have, I,
3: have
2: or two, I have two theories about what happened to Wing Commander. Two theories. Number one, Chris Roberts got a really big head and thought he was the second coming of George Lucas, and so he came up with this plot with Space Magic. Oh, boy. Theory number two is more interesting, because Chris Roberts left Origin Systems right before the movie got greenlit, but something in his contract allowed him to write and direct the movie. So he left Origin, the company that's still making Wing Commander games, and he has a, like a blank check of what the Wing Commander movie is. Think about it. oh man two theories which sounds more likely Neil
0: uh the second one is more interesting for sure
2: (laughs) so his his new space flight sim looks pretty good and the whole thing is he's talking about the nitty grittiness of of the of the world and the mechanics and stuff so it sounds like it's 1991 Chris Roberts not not the 1997 Chris Roberts so so it's so I'm, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic because it, it, there is no space magic yet. <laughs> you know, And I, the voodoo. <laughs> well, the space magic in Wing Commander was like out of fucking left field because the whole idea of, of Wing Commander is to travel interstellarly. In, in between star systems, there are these things called jump points where capital ships have jump engines that when you reach a jump point, allow you to jump. It's just the mechanic of the world. That's what it is. Don't put too much thought into
1: it. You know okay. what this is reminding me of is going from Star Fox to Star Fox Adventures.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> Where so, you're like, okay, whatever. I'm just blowing up things in space. Like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs>
2: well, well, the, what happened with Wing Commander was, like I said, it's, you, you know, it, it has the the space magic in the movie was there was a race of humans called the Pilgrims because they were the first travel in the space and they were given like uh, re- you know space magic genes that allow them to jump without computers because they can just computationally figure out jump coordinates with space magic
1: nerds
3: yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah okay I, I get it
2: and the space magic comes you know is is one of the weirdest things <laughs> and the funny thing is the fans i like wing commander but i can't call myself a wing commander fan because The fans. Oh, my God, the fans. We're talking about a group of people that not only justified the movie, but tried to reconcile the movie to the games, to the novel series, and back again. So that leads to our next point, Neil.
0: Yeah. uh, Inspired by my recent viewing of DBZ Abridged, I hopped onto the DBZ wiki for some reason, and I was looking at one of the movies, and someone had inserted a theory about timeline placement. And I was like, okay, why would you put any of the movies on the timeline? Uh, The problem with the DBZ timeline for the TV series is that it's pretty tight and doesn't have a lot of room. It doesn't have a lot of openings for side stories, because someone's always dead, or people are always on different planets, and so on. There's always a big bad who exists for most of the season, or something like that. In particular, Goku dies at the beginning of the series, and by the time he comes back, half the remaining cast is already dead. You know, Chaozu, Tien, Piccolo, and uh, the useless guy. Uh, Yamcha. Yamcha. Yeah. For Yamcha. And after the fight with Vegeta, they don't even have the Dragon Balls to wish anyone back, so that he's off to Namek to go find their Dragon well, Balls. Well,
2: before he is whisked off, he is literally like not able to walk again without a Senzu being.
0: Right. So the point is that Goku, Yamcha, and Piccolo aren't even in the same place at the same time for most of the series, literally up until Trunk shows up. And yet all of these movies have these guys fighting side by side. And they all clearly feature characters like King Kai, who you don't even meet until several several episodes into Dragon Ball Z. So the only way to reconcile this, as the timeline dorks have done, is to put about 75% of the movies between the arrival of Trunks and the arrival of the androids, which makes no sense. And they're like, well, since Yamcha has King Kai's symbol on his gi, clearly this takes place after the arrival of Trunks when Goku reappeared on Earth, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> Goku should be, should be a Super Saiyan by this point, but he's struggling to do higher K.O. ken attacks. And... K.O. what <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are clearly non-canon movies, but made before anyone in the animation staff knew what a Super Saiyan was. You can't put this in the timeline.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of um the like a couple of the One Piece movies where they just retold parts of the story that they liked and made it into a movie and inserted characters from late they hadn't even met yet into it. And yeah, I have seen uh, these because I was like, screw that, this is confusing.
2: <laughs> yeah, the One Piece movies are weird because there, there's like one where they retell the uh, the story where they met, uh, what's his name, Bon Bon? Uh, Chopper? Uh, little No, no, the the, the guy who can uh, change his face. He changed his face.
1: Bon Clay?
2: Yeah, Bon Clay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they that story's oh, yeah, like told Alabasta, twice. Or, or Alabasta. I don't know. I read some scanlations of that. I'm still not sure what if it was Alabaster or Alabasta. A- anyways, it's uh, the the timeline thing is hilarious because it's the same people who try to reconcile the timeline are the exact same Dragon Ball Z fans who Come up with the arbitrary power level predictions and guesses of every part of the series that doesn't have scouters. Oh
0: man! Yeah, and you know some of these movies. I mean, sometimes it feels like they're going out of their way to make a non-canon. Like there are movies where Gohan still has a tail well after that tail was gone. It's like, and
2: yeah, <laughs> what, what I love is a uh, is Icarus.
0: Oh god, Icarus! Yeah, Icarus is a is an invention of the movies. Um when did he come in like uh tree of might?
2: yeah, he's designed to look as cute as possible,
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah Poar is much more acceptable than uh Icarus.
2: come here, goku's hungry
0: and uh oh and they they actually got him into the t v series for some stupid reason they <laughs> well it was the the garlic junior saga and the garlic junior saga uh
2: the uh, Garlic Jr saga is based off of a movie so basically yeah. the TV team and the movie team cross the streams
0: yeah it <laughs> it tries to it tries to work the Garlic Jr movie the dead zone into the DBZ timeline which
1: uh, you could
0: zone. you could sort of try to do that but the problem is that like at the beginning of the DBZ no one knows who go Gohan is and that doesn't work well. And here's, 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 Dragon Ball Z Kai uh, actually fixed that by ignoring the Garlic Jr. saga.
2: No, there there are worse ones. Lord Slug yeah. is the evil half of Guru.
0: Where have I heard this before?
2: <laughs> well, it was it, at least it was in the dub I saw. The real dub, not the not the abridged dub.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 sure that's the way it was in the original Japanese version, but. Yeah, so, I love when, when, how I love how abridged is totally making fun of the fact that it's the, exactly the same as the King Piccolo saga.
2: <laughs> so so uh, so when Lord Slug die, doesn't mean Guru should die, or when Guru's dead, should Lord Slug die? Because the any time that that movie could have taken place, one of the two should have you know Guru exactly. should have been dead. Yeah,
0: exactly. But people are going to ignore that because they want their timeline.
2: You yeah, know, the, the funny sense. thing is that was the, first, the, the what I love is is beyond the fake power levels the uh the timeline is the bullshit pseudo say, super saiyan 1
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is what Goku did in Lord Slug.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Where his hair didn't turn yellow but he had like a greenish yellowish aura and his hair was going wild and his pupils were gone. Yeah. And the fans were like, "Oh, that's pseudo super saiyan 1." I'm like, so yeah, there's, excuse, there's, excuse me, what?
0: Yeah, well, the other half of the dorks put that after the, uh, after the, uh, the freeze saga anyway. So, it's it's totally arbitrary and inconsistent. It doesn't work.
2: And then there's the people who freeze frame Dragon Ball Z. Like, there's this one scene in the hyperbolic time chamber when Gohan, oh, like, God. for one frame, for one cell of animation, his hair is spiked all the way up. <laughs> And they're like, "Oh, see, that's when he really went Super Saiyan two for the first time." Mmm.
0: Yeah, people are just reading into the animation too much.
2: And then there's other questions that one may ask because, you know, first the Skyward Sword. Oh.
0: Yeah, that's that's the other timeline that just drives me crazy because.
1: <laughs> oh, I I just ignore the fact that the time I I think. I don't know. I don't think they cared when they were making the games that had a timeline, then they got pressure and then they made the mistake of answering to that pressure. Yeah. Like, no, it, it doesn't, they're freaking legends. So if you just think about every game is a legend, they're going to get some of the details wrong with the storytellers telling this legends. So yeah. the end. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, the, the whole thing about the, the Zelda, the Zelda story is that it's like, it's like any form of a uh, folklore where, uh, you know, different different storytellers tell the story differently. It's it's like taking all the versions of Hansel and Gretel and trying to harmonize it into a single account. And, Hansel. <laughs> yeah, and what you end up doing is you end up destroying every version by trying to do that. Whereas if you just allow each version to have its own nuances, then you know you can appreciate them much more. And I, I wish people would understand <laughs> that instead of trying to trying to make everything fit all at once. But Nintendo and this, said. Yeah, and the problem with the Zelda timeline is it makes all the games nonsensical. Hansel, Hansel, Hansel. And besides which, uh when you have a timeline that splits into three, that's not a fucking timeline.
2: Yeah, if the hero died won or lost, that that's the difference between the going to Twilight Princess or Wind Waker. Yeah,
0: it's it's like it's like conceding the fact that a timeline cannot be established. And in fact they had to invent a third timeline that doesn't even branch off from something that happens in the game. It's something that they totally made up on the spot.
2: But remember, Skyward Sword is first.
0: <sighs> See, that's what they said about Ocarina of Time. Yeah, going forward, they're going to try to work work through the assumption that there is a timeline, and it's just going to get more annoying.
2: This is, this sounds almost as bad as Hawkman continuity.
0: Prepare to fast forward! Preparing to fast forward! Fast forward! Fast forwarding, sir!
2: That, that's my stance and I'm sticking to it.
0: So I suppose I should tie this off this extended opening segment that I'm sure one of our listeners is going to write in and tell us that it's too long. Um, <laughs> I said last, last time that, uh, Slayers Premium is probably not canon. And having watched, uh, the entire series now, I, I stand by that because it's clearly meant to like kind of tie off the series. Like this is the last hurrah of Slayers. But there are certain problems with that because, you know, like I said, Gowrie has the sort of light and he shouldn't have that. And, um, there's some other problem. I can't remember what the pro- what it was, but if, if you try to put it into the timeline, then you have to put it after Slayer's next, which it doesn't, it doesn't, that's not really a good place to put it. Cause it's like, you know, here's the send off to the series and, you know, it's, you're putting it in the middle of the timeline. It's like, okay, there's this big epic story in Slayer's next and, then then Lena and company fight a sea monster, and then they go off and have another big adventure. It, it doesn't really add anything to the story, so I think that that one is like kind of shot from the canon, and it's been replaced with uh, Slayer's Revolution and Evolution R.
2: Evolution R is revolution, but with the R at the end.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the, what the hell is up with that now. It's like Japan thinks that's so clever, it's like other M. Like, <laughs> oh, we could take the first letter and put it at the end... And it makes a different word. Oh, that's that's clever. We we'll pat ourselves on the back.
1: That just made it unnecessarily confusing. I don't know if this is right, but this is what I heard. Um, I don't know. I have my doubts about it. I heard that the reason why it was um, Revolution and Evolution R are, aren't just one series called Revolution is because the way that series are, um, I guess, ordered in Japan changed since they did. Um, the, you know, Slayer's next and try, but I don't know, like, I, I'm kind of out of it. Haven't there been other new series that come in 26 episode chunks? Like, there's Honey and Clover. I don't know, that's not recent, though. Yeah. Like, I, I heard that they had to order them as two separate 13 episode series rather than one 26 episode series, but I have no source for that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that is kind of weird.
1: They are basically one series, though, it just happens to have two different intros and outros.
0: Yeah, it's paced pretty much the same as the other seasons too, because uh, in the other seasons it also kind of has like a midpoint break, but where where Lena you know fights a big a big bad, but there's actually a a a bigger bad guy that she has to fight at the end of the series. It's it's kind of about it's kind of like it kind of breaks in the same in the same spot that the other seasons do. So it's it's clearly meant to be one story, just like next and try are. But now that we're talking about Slayers, let's cut to a commercial and then start the show.
2: Welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, Tonight we're doing part two of Slayers. Uh, This is your host, Ben, joined by my co-host, TV's
0: Mr. Neil, Butterscotch Nose Appraiser.
2: And joining us is The Chew. Uh,
1: Fireball. I don't know. That's the first (laughs) one that came to mind.
0: (laughs) Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt.
1: Ray Wing.
0: (laughs) There we go. Away. So, Slayers TV. Um, This one, we're not going to be... Go, we're not going to go episode by episode. We might kind of have a general overview of the plot, uh, such as it is, <laughs> because uh, admittedly some of these stories are kind of... Uh, the overall plot is kind of weak, but the individual episodes are kind of funny and we'll probably be addressing some of the some of her favorite episodes. And uh, basically in this one, Lena is uh, still fighting bandits. Uh, Naga is nowhere to be found. Sadly. She, yeah, sadly. And she runs into Gauri Gabriev, who has the Sword of Light from the first movie.
2: Why love is he thought <laughs> she was a kid for the longest time.
0: Yeah, he uh, he kind of took the older brother uh, role and slowly found himself being the love interest.
2: See, what I remember is, the I remember the first episode vividly because of the jokes. One of my favorites is after Lena pigs out gallery notes that her stomach was beyond her breasts.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. See after watching after watching 104 episodes some of the early episodes are kind of uh they're already kind of fuzzy to me because it's just it's oh, such man. it's such a colossal thing to to take in.
1: Did you just blast through all of it in these past
0: Oh uh, weeks no i watched it over a couple months so that's why okay. that's why the first series is kind of kind of hazy to me a few of the later season episodes too like um for the longest time i was confusing the uh the singing episode with the uh with the shit mountain episode which are which are from two different seasons <laughs> <laughs> but i, I do think. remember that uh the first 10 episodes is kind of like a com- like a compartmentalized uh mini series it's like um, there's the red priest Rezo and he wants to restore his sight and he's after Lena because of this thing that she has. That's um,
1: he it's, it, like conspires to get an Aurichalcum statue from, I think, I think it's Aurichalcum some statue that Lena has that she just happened to get off some bandits and he, yeah, he's really like creepy and suspicious about it. I forgot what's actually in the statue though, or what made it special.
0: And he's got all these underlings working for him, and one of them is Zelgadis, who you don't realize is going to be a major character until much later. He kind of goes away for a few episodes and then uh, comes back with a new voice. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's another thing is that uh, Central Park Media did the first 13 episodes, and the the first 10 episodes is like one story, and then they continue it with, uh, with like a with like an epilogue story that runs to the end of the first season where you first meet Amelia. And so there's three episodes with a different Amelia. And then, and then suddenly she's got the voice of Ash Ketchum in, in uh, episode 14.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> well, more accurately, Ash Ketchum's mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true.
1: Same woman. It's just, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the TV series is fun. I like the plots. It's just because it was the first one. It's, I don't know. The animation is definitely the worst. <laughs> it's
0: really had some worst charm, I of think. Slayers. <laughs> yeah, we're like- used we're used to cartoons where the the best episode is the first episode, but Slayers starts really rough and then it just slowly gets better. I like the opening.
1: Oh yeah, The <laughs> openings are fun. But I mean, I don't know. Like when Gowry's, it's, it's it's especially obvious. I think in episodes like. Um, At least in terms of reused animation, like Amelia's debut, they have the same animation of her, like, standing on a pillar and then falling exactly the same way and then, like, going ouch and holding her butt and then getting up. Like, it's the same animation you see about three to five times in two episodes. (laughs) And also whenever Gowry uh, pulls out the Sword of Light, it's the same thing.
2: There's only so many ways a guy can pull out a sword, though.
0: Yeah, I remember an Amelia backflip that kept showing up. Yeah, like, like she'd get up and she'd do like five backflips in a row, and it was so cool. Sl- but
1: slip on slipping her cape or something at the very end. Yeah, it is kind of awkward at the beginning. To, you start kind of getting used to the characters, or at least as best you can. In the case of Zelgadis, then they all then they all change. Uh, not all of them. Lena and Gowrie are the same, but Amelia is different, and uh, um, Zell Goddess is different for the better. And one interesting thing is that I didn't watch this series until I was in high school or so, and because the first time I really watched it was on DVD of all things, and um, I remember listening to it and everything was vaguely familiar because I'm a, I'm a big Pokemon fan. I'm like, wait, that's Meowth, that's that's Brock, that's Ash's mom, <laughs> that's <laughs> Professor Oak. What's going on here?
3: That happens
0: same,
1: a lot. I have the same feeling with a Commander Tyler, uh, no Captain Tyler too, because it's like Jesse and, and uh, well.
0: <laughs> yeah, they sourced this out to Taj Studios, which they are the the original Pokemon people, so you're gonna recognize a lot of the same voices between this and Pokemon and uh, Captain Tyler.
2: And Pokemans.
0: Yeah, Pokemans.
2: So one thing I did like is is definitely the humor, even early on Slayers has got that humor that, that sticks in there and uh, another thing I liked with, with the character designs at least was the fact that that people have capes
1: <laughs> yes it's very distinct. I noticed that but it's funny you can um, I don't know the, the wanderers I guess the Slayers I guess you'd call them the Slayers they all have very interesting designs compared to the uh, peasants or whatever everyone else you see it, no one no one dresses like Lena at all. No, nobody dresses like any of these people. They're very distinct.
2: Well, the, the thing is, to travel around uh, you know, in that kind of period, you actually would need some sort of cape or cloak because it, it does help a lot.
1: Uh, yeah, I remember uh, Lena and uh, Naga using it to take loot. <laughs> they just wrapped it up in their cape and... <laughs>
2: I enjoyed the American voice acting as much as the Japanese voice acting, I think. I think this is one of those cases where you you can argue that the product is is good either way. It's entirely your preference. And everyone knows Neil's preference.
0: Yeah, English all the way, baby. Dub, dub, dub. (laughs) Dub, 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 dub. (laughs) Except in very extremely bad uh, situations such as uh, Voltage Fighter Gal Kaiser, which is like the worst dub I've ever heard.
1: I, in this case, I prefer to dub too, even though it takes the actors a while to get into their roles. But that's not such of a big deal when you consider how long the series is now. It's like, well, they don't sound so good at the beginning of Slayer's the TV series, but by Next and Try and Revolution and Evolution are, then you're set. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually tried listening to uh, Revolution in Japanese um, when it was Japanese. first coming out. And it wasn't, and now in Japanese, it wasn't bad. But I was, I was too used to the English that I didn't. I just wanted to wait and I prayed that they would get the old cast back to, to uh, dub the new stuff. And they, and they, I, my patience uh, was rewarded with a forty percent off Amazon sale where I just snapped all the DVDs.
2: Well, as all Brown always reminds you, your patience will be rewarded.
1: Yeah, I was very excited when I heard that
0: a new Slayers series was being made. I was like, oh, please dub this, please dub this, please get the original cast.
2: But really, what would you say is the strength of Slayers through all these series that makes it worth going back to or worth it for a new viewer? The
0: characters. The
2: humor. Well, the characters make the humor. Yeah. Yeah. Because in, well, my opinion, in my opinion, this is a very cookie cutter sorcery world, you know, very very y very, you know, D&D session. But it's it's, it's the characters of Lena, Gallery, Milia, Naga that, that makes it like this is different.
1: Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um like you say the the characters make the humor. It, I absolutely agree with that because if I didn't like these characters, I wouldn't care too much about it. But um, they're, they're funny characters. They're re- all really likable. Um, even, um, like, a, a lot of series and a lot of games lose points with me because they take a character like Zell Goddess and they try to play it straight, um, where he's, like, the, the mysterious cool guy, I guess, but they never make fun of him or anything. He's just supposed to be cool. Mm-hmm. And that's where, I don't know, they they t- Naruto, fail, um, but then Slayers, good. Or Ace Attorney, good. You took this character who's very somber and serious and surrounded by insanity and you're willing to make fun of him. And that's good. That makes him, to me, that makes that character like likable. A character I like. When they take it too seriously and they can do no wrong, then I'm completely disconnected and I hate it.
2: <laughs> well, what's <laughs> yeah. an example of it done wrong?
1: Sasuke um, from Naruto.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Going straight for the kill there, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he was the deal-breaker for me. Um, Another example for me would be Riku from Kingdom Hearts.
2: Never played Kingdom Hearts. Oh, don't. Wasn't the sequel where you're not playing the main character, you're playing a guy who's dreaming he's the main character?
1: If we went on to... If if I actually tried to explain all that's wrong in the story of what Kingdom Hearts is, it would take up the whole episode.
2: Doesn't Cloud show up with a buster sword with bandages on it? Yes. (laughs) Who the hell puts bandages on swords?
1: tetsuya nomura yeah (laughs) the character designer man i hate that guy but um riku and sasuke i just they come off these, uh, these super cool serious characters who the protagonists are like obsessed with being their bff or saving and everyone cares about them for some reason but they're they're jerks they're awful people and i wouldn't any self-respecting person would want nothing to do with them. But for some reason, Sora and Naruto are like desperate to get in their pants or something. And (laughs) they, they love them. And it's really off-putting because I, the game or the series hasn't made me care about them. And I'm frustrated with having to read or watch a series or play a game where I have this goal that I don't want to do at all. Um, and with goddess, he's kind of the he wants to be that kind of character. He wants to be the cool guy. He wants to be and, the brooding
2: loner that the girls love for no reason.
1: Yeah, and then they use him as an anchor for the ship and you're like, okay. <laughs> I love this series. Yeah,
0: and it really helps that you got Crispin Freeman there who is constantly breaking that character where he tries to be the brooding character and he he inevitably gets sucked into the goofiness. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's to to me. I, I love a series like that 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 you, you where it doesn't play to those types, those those really those stereotypical types of the brooding loner who's who's oh so mysterious and awesome, and and that's what makes slayers work so well because the characters make it work mm-hmm. because it is a pretty much cookie cutter. You know, go to any D&D manual, you'll find this world, world. Mm-hmm. And it's the characters that make it work.
1: Yeah, I remember, um, I was wa- I've been watching a lot with my friends, and uh, we talked briefly about, um, except for the fact that she's taking out some sort of elder god or monster at the end of a series or a movie, Lena is, like, almost, she's a villain. <laughs> she... <laughs> ransacks places, she blows up stuff remorselessly, she takes out villages, and she's just doing her own thing. She doesn't go out to be a bad person, but she kind of ends up doing these things, but she is the protagonist, and she isn't always, like, she isn't out to save people like Amelia is. She's like, I want to do this because you have some money, and I want it. Um, Or, you're in my way, goodbye village, you know? But because she's so likable, and because... I don't know, she's not out to be bad on purpose. It, she's not really a villain or she's not a, she's the protagonist, but it's it, it's kind of a gray area kind of.
2: <laughs> well, it's uh, it actually reminds me of another series an American series. Uh, you know, it reminds me of the character Coop in Mega Sex LR. Oh
0: yeah. Where he's like, I might not
2: be the best
0: guy, but I'm not a bad guy.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> well, even even in the first episode, she wipes out a den of thieves. But then a dragon starts terrorizing a nearby village. L- Lena discovers that the dragon belonged to the Den of Thieves, and now it's, now it's on a rampage. So she's partially responsible. She wipes out the thing with the dragon slave, which also wipes out the village. After which she's like, uh, gotta go.
1: She's like, later.
0: <laughs> I'm out of here, man. Right, so I believe the Den of Thieves is also where she got the statue, and Rezo's, Rezo's team starts following her after that. In fact, one of them, Zolf, was in the town that she just blew up. And anytime you see Zolf, he's wrapped in bandages, kind of like kind of like how Naga was in Excellent. So he looks like a mummy, and his character design has his legs sprawled apart, like he's a riding a horse. Yeah, like he's riding on a horse. Like he's doing yeah, Gundam so style. He's got this very simplified art design. He kind of looks like a Lupin character, in fact. And then later, when he joins with Lena's team, he takes the bandages off. He's like, I don't need these anymore. And his character design completely changes.
3: <laughs> and
0: uh, that's kind of indicative of how rough early Slayers was. And the show's animation doesn't hit its stride until Slayers next. Absolutely. Well, Slayers next! Yeah, in Slayers next, Zelgadis is on the search for the Claire Bible because Rezo turned his body to stone and he believes that the clear Bible has the answer to turning him back. See, Zalgadis is part Gollum and part something else. Uh, I don't quite remember.
1: He's like stone demon, le- no, like lesser demon. Oh, wait, no, I don't remember. Gollum.
2: It man. looks like to me he needs to see a good der- dermatologist.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's, he's blue and has some rocks. He's got steel wool for hair. He's actually used it as a weapon a couple times, hasn't he? He just yeah. plucks up a needle and then throws it at people.
0: hmm. So he's after that. And this is where they run into Zelos. And Zelos is one of those characters that's just like... He's such a little bastard. And especially in the English dub where he's got this kind of twerpy, uh, nerdy voice. Is, like, or oh like,
2: Isn't he like voiced almost camp?
0: Yeah, he's voiced camp. And I love the way he's portrayed it in the English dub because... You know, something will go wrong. It's like who 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 foiled our plans and and Zell- Zellos would show up and he'd be like, Oh my, it appears that it was me
1: <laughs> Yeah. Like it was really jarring at first and then I got I I kinda got used to his nasally voice, like just being like, Oh boy, You're like, Oh, I guess I was wrong about the Claire Bible <laughs> Sorry about that tennis tournament. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> the,
0: tennis, the tennis episode's great. Yeah, the, the, he would he would get The Claire Bible pages before uh, Lena and company, and he'd kind of flip through them, and he'd destroy them, and and Zelgatus would be like, "What the hell?" And he'd be like, "Oh, I saved you the trouble. What you're looking for weren't in these pages after all."
2: I almost expect him to talk about a boy tied to a tree. (laughs) God, (laughs) tell
0: me
3: I'm wrong.
1: I was kind of sad that they weren't able to get him back for Evolution and Revolution R, but the new voice was fine. It was like center Nicholas, I think.
0: Yeah, he kind of grew on me after a while. The first few episodes, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this guy. But yeah, toward the end, he's okay. But uh, speaking of the tennis episode, um, one of the new characters is named Martina Navratilova. And yes, she is based on the tennis player of the same name.
1: Really, I wait, wait—that's <laughs> a mind-blowing revelation for me. I didn't even think about ever being based on anybody.
0: Right, and so that's why there's a tennis episode. And see, she's after Lena because Lena kind of blew up her kingdom. See, she was a princess. What? And she is she is voiced by Rachel Lillis, who we all know is Misty and uh, and Yuriko Star and uh, Jesse from Team Rocket. And she is, of all the Taj players, she is the funniest one of all. I think, because oh, like yeah. all of her characters are great. And I saw a picture of her recently. She's hot too.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, as as uh, as uh, Willie Nelson and Jose Feliciano said, you know, she was all the girls I've known before.
1: I will say this about Rachel Willis: like she's really excellent as Martina, great as Jesse, good as Misty. She's good and. Uh, Captain Tyler, and I've never heard her do anything bad except for this little pink haired girl in Slayer's Next. Who, like, they go, like, Lena gets her magic sealed and she goes to get it unsealed by this guy in the mountains or whatever. And it turns out that he passed away, but his granddaughter's there. And yeah. There's a little girl there who is like, but her acting is, I could tell it's Rachel Willis, but her acting is like, hi, I can help you, like, solve your problem. I've got. She's just screaming the entire time, like, I can help you solve your problem! Like, I I don't know. Like, it was like a placeholder voice or something.
2: Well, can she play Misty for me?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like she was trying to do a different voice, but unfortunately, uh, Martina was also in the same scenes. So it was really obvious that it was the same person talking to herself.
1: Yeah, I I don't want to disrespect her. That one instance, though, was like, whoa. (laughs) They couldn't get like um what's her name the person who does uh Veronica Taylor to do the voice or something because Amelia wasn't there. <laughs> she could have done it. Oh well.
0: Oh yeah. So uh, my
1: favorite episode of Next is uh, Dragon Cuisine.
0: <laughs> oh yes, yes, the uh when they're when they're going hunting for the lake dragon and uh yeah, that I believe that's the episode where they keep using Zelgadis as the as the anchor.
1: Yeah, and they use Gowry as a lure because he's got big yellow hair. And um, I've seen I've seen that episode more than any other episode because I keep showing it to my friends. It's
0: like, so how much do you weigh? He's like, why are you asking me this? And then Smash Cut, they're throwing him into the into the lake with a <laughs> with a line tied to him.
2: That reminds me of the Futurama joke of we need something shaped like a toboggan. <laughs> And then it's Leela, not Bender. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another example of Zalgada's just trying to be as serious as possible, but Lena and and her friends just not letting him.
1: Yeah, just taking a big dump. They're <laughs> just like, whatever, <laughs> don't care. It's
0: like he'll be okay. We'll give him. We'll give him like a rubber hose and a and a funnel. He can breathe out of that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and the old man who's uh who they're helping catch a dragon for for dragon cuisine he he tells everyone that oh you look like my long-lost daughter you look like my long-lost sister or whatever you look like my long-lost son and then Zelgadis is you look like like my wife or something or his, <laughs> his daughter i think i think i think lena was his long-lost wife and then like Zelgadis was his long-lost daughter
0: <laughs> ouch <laughs> yeah and the payoff to that is grand because it shows at the end of the episode it shows like a family portrait and they do all look like the cast of Slayers.
1: <laughs> Ouch!
0: Best payoff ever. I love that episode.
1: I think ne- for me, next is my favorite um, because it's got a pretty good um, story and like great finale. Probably the best of the series, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I like the I like the finale and Evolution R as well but for different reasons. And also it has the funniest episodes and is, um, has the, it has better animation than the TV series. I think try might have better animation, but I don't like try. I don't think it's as fun. Like you don't hate it, but I don't think it's as funny. And I don't think the story is as interesting.
2: Do you think it tries too hard?
1: Ooh, yeah. I walked into that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: And in this, in this series and, and in the first season, uh, Lena's getting new spells. Like she got the uh, the Giga Slave, which uh, is so powerful that it's actually forbidden because she could actually destroy the world if she uses it recklessly. And and in this in this season, she's got the uh, the Ragna Blade.
2: So yeah. is 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 it the Giga Slave or the Giga Slave?
0: Giga. It's Giga. Yeah, we're not, we're not going by uh by Back to the Future.
2: One point <laughs> twenty one.
0: Yeah, the Giga Slave is ridiculous because she basically goes. Super Saiyan almost. She it, it, Does She it, goes
2: pseudo Super
0: Saiyan? A bit. And it's so powerful <laughs> that it turns her hair white.
1: Yeah, it just a lot of blow up. If if uh Dragon Slave was the nuke spell, the Giga Slave's like Nuke the World spell. Yeah. And um it it was it was a good finale. It had some dorky looking dragons in it. At it a demon child.
0: Oh yeah, the Hellmaster who looks like a child.
1: It's a good bait and switch too. With like they have, it makes you think that um, the demon dragon king Gov is going to be the, the guy they they face, but he gets taken out a couple episodes before the finale. Yeah.
0: And
1: then it, and then they show who the real bad guy of the series is.
0: And it's a ten year old looking kid named uh, Hellmaster Fibrizo. Greatest he, name ever. Yeah, and he is. <laughs> and he is a little bastard and he, he even beats up zelos that's how powerful he is and and uh God, I'm trying to remember more from this from this season uh i know this is the this is the season that had uh the singing episode where oh um, thankfully Japanese? they did not have like a clean version of that song without the lyrics so they just had to use what they had and uh spared us the the torture of having uh uh, Lena and Amelia singing with the English voices, because as much as I love those those actresses, uh, they weren't very good at singing.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: because they they sang the first verse acapella, and I'm just like, oh, oh this is painful to watch. And then they go in Japanese. Like, oh, thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love, like, I think I don't know. The bad guy of that was weird. He just go, but there's one line who just. He just says, like, you guys look so stupid. And like <laughs> this is a, basically a giant evil smiley face is the monster just going, you guys look so stupid.
0: <laughs> right. So Lena was completely pissed off because she had to dress in this skimpy little costume and sing this stupid song. And in the end, all it did was put on a light, like a light show with magical sparkles and flashy lights. It didn't do anything. They thought they were getting a badass spell.
1: Yeah. do look was at like so- me is feeding them the
0: lines. Yeah, you know, like, again, it's Zelgadis being emasculated, which is always hilarious.
1: Yeah, lyrics like, I don't know, it was like, um, I got feelings she's always out of my little breast or something like that. Yeah,
2: and boy is it little. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, I think next of the of the early T V series, like the three old ones. It's the sweet spot. It has um, the best balance of humor, the best humor, and the best balance of like storyline and good animation. Where the the first TV series is kind of it's good and it's funny. I like the episode where they they get on the boat and have the co- cross dress and there's a transvestite dragon. But uh, the they're animation the, the animation is pretty weak. And then in Try, um, the animation is good and there's some funny stuff, but the story is bleh. Like, I don't, I don't, and they don't have Martina, so it's not as funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, each of the, each of the three seasons, they have, like, a, like, a different female kind of sidekick character who comes and goes in different episodes. Like, in the first season, they had Sylphiel, and Sylphiel's kind of this, kind of this, uh, kind of this uh, nicey-nice priestess character, but she's kind of got, like, a neurotic side that comes out very subtly, but she's, she's very she's very underplayed but she's kind of funny in that in that way and uh in the second season of course they had martina and then in the third season they had uh uh, philia philia that's right and philia was also kind of the the nicey nice priestess who's also got a neurotic side which is funny
1: hers is a lot more extroverted though because she's like a uh, she's a dragon who usually takes a She's a golden dragon who usually takes human form, but when she gets really upset, she's not very good at hiding her dragon form. So she's got a tail poking out, and if she gets, she's super strong. So if she gets pissed at somebody, she takes out this gigantic spiked mace and hits him with it. And it's so big that I don't, I don't think Gowry can lift it. it's So big.
0: <laughs>
2: so it's so it's kind of like dragon half.
0: But yeah, she's got she yeah she's got this huge mace that she keeps like on a garter belt under her dress. And a couple times, or actually, Gowrie did lift it because at one point, uh, they were in a fight, and Gowrie just kind of lifts up her dress on like totally on the fly and grabs it and goes running off to beat whatever the villain was. And she's like,
1: "Well, (laughs) hey!" Oh yeah, because at this point, he doesn't have the sword of light. I don't
0: think. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, The one thing is, you never reach underneath the dress to grab things. Yeah. Neil.
0: What. (laughs) (laughs) Now there were some decent filler episodes in this in this season, especially after the thirteenth episode where Darkstar is nearly released from his seal. There's a blast that sends everyone off in different directions, resulting in a bunch of filler stories. Uh like there's one where uh Amelia runs into a bunch of Power Rangers type characters and she feels right at home. Uh some of the story episodes were goofy too, like the giant train episode. Oh yeah. It's like they arri- they arrive at this town and they're in this temple and they I forget how they activate it, but this thing like starts up and transforms into like this huge train that's like the size of a mountain and and it starts racing toward the uh, the temple of the, of the golden dragons and they're trying to stop it the whole way and of course it inevitably crashes anyway even after they they escape it and throw a dragon slave at it, it still manages to crash into the temple. <laughs>
1: It's another good example of uh Lena being borderline villain after she they're like gonna crash through towns and stuff. She's it's like, Well, oops, let's leave yeah. <laughs> and Philia's just angry, like, you gotta you guys have to take responsibility for this and she's like, No, I don't
0: <laughs> Yeah, but I've noticed that like characters like Philia and Amelia who are who try to do their best to do the right thing. After a while they just kinda like the wet blanket yeah they kind of like give up and just accept that lena is going to destroy things and there's nothing they can do about
3: it yeah because
0: <laughs> at the beginning i think amelia is actually trying to get away from lena like she sees lena and she's like trying to ignore lena and lena finds her and she's like oh hi miss lena yeah, and then like, screaming at her like, hey amelia and then within an, within an episode's time, they're back to being buddies, and she doesn't care that Lena's destroying the world.
2: <laughs> one piece at a time.
0: Yeah.
1: I Actually, last time I've seen this, I only made it about halfway. I think the train episode or something was one of the last episodes I saw. I didn't watch it a second time. All I have is my memory is that I remember being very bored by the villain because they had a very basic plot about there were the black dragons who got who helped in the war of the monsters fall and then the golden dragons were scared of how powerful they were and then ambushed them and killed them and i don't know i, did, I didn't feel like it was executed very well and it was kind of dragged out and i got really tired of this guy with a ridiculous haircut being sad
2: so it the- so it the dragged out or dragged on
0: Boo. Uh, Boo. Yeah, (laughs) Valgov isn't even, like, an interesting villain because he's just, like, he's, like, an underling of Gov who was in the previous season. And it's just him being kind of this emo character who's, like, who's angry because his entire race of... uh, He started out as, like, a black dragon, so he, he was in the black dragon race. Then he got turned into a monster, so he's half monster, half dragon, and then he ends up merging with Darkstar. So he's also the final boss now.
2: So he turns into the Latroy dragon at the end.
0: Uh, more like the one-winged angel. The only interesting thing about this season is that they took the gold dragons, which were in, in Slayer's Necks, and kind of turned things around where the gold dragons were kind of seen as uh, heroes, uh, in in this season, they're 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 a bit they're portrayed a bit more dark because they they did destroy the black dragon race.
1: They're jerks. Dragons are jerks.
0: Yeah, all the dragons are <laughs> jerks, you, and they
1: and they get wiped out know. too.
2: Dragons make bad people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and in case people are scratching their heads, like you're talking about dragons as if they're like humans. Well, yeah, in this in this cartoon, the dragons can turn into human characters as well.
1: Because they can. Oh, they can barely animate a dragon. Yeah. Also, I remember they like there's weird inconsistencies with the design cuz I I think Philia Philia looks like like a, a half-formed pokemon and the other golden dragons are big beefy buff ripped monster like lizard creatures and then you get one dopey looking Philia which yeah. is a gold dragon. It distinctly reminds me of when I was playing um Fire Emblem 6 for the Game Boy Advance, and that one was, like, the one before the first official one in English. And yeah. there are dragons. They're big, badass, fire-breathing demon creatures. And then you get, you recruit a dragon on your side in Fire Emblem, and then it turns out to be, like, a, a fluffy chicken. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, really?
0: <laughs> it's kind of like in, in the Final Fantasy games where all the characters that are on your party kind of have these short, squatty designs, and then anyone who's an enemy is, like, is rendered in really realistic proportions it's like this disconnect yeah philia yeah. philia and the rest of the dragons they look like they're from two different cartoons yeah <laughs>
1: I, I i i know like why they do that i guess is because with philia's simple design it would be easier to animate but that's not really a good excuse <laughs> <laughs> especially since he looks so odd yeah She's, she does She's like really very round, very simple, and her wings are are strange too. They're not even like normal bat wings. They're kind of going backwards or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, she's just very odd looking in dragon form.
1: It's
3: time
4: for intermission, boys and girls. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire wire only on geekcastradio.com. Hey,
2: I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest running G.I. Joe podcast,
0: What's On Joe Mind? It's Joe
2: news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before. delivered right to your mp3 player
0: our guests include jason marsden kevin michael richardson and matt yang king from gi joe renegades larry hama robert Atkins, and john barber from idw publishing and many more from around the online joe community
5: yeah it's guys talking about joe think of it as joe talk meets sports talk
2: and we make fun of chuck
5: right and we
2: hey again come on chuck we're just kidding kinda sometimes chuck makes fun of himself right and we okay seriously this is just getting ridiculous now it's what's on joe mom Mind, every week on the Geekcast Radio Network inside com, Stitcher Smart Radio and iTunes.
5: Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about transformers. Cannot. Good. Oh, grief. No. What about sports? That uh, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that's
2: all right. Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The Geek Cast Radio Network has launched Masked Mayhem with your hosts, Optimus Solo and TFGO and Mike. This podcast, covering all 75 episodes of Mask, will feature in depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Masked Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us on iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. <laughs> So, what else do we have to mention with the Slayers TV series?
1: Revolution and Evolution R.
2: All yes. right, Neil, take it away.
0: Okay, I just watched this series for the first time. I powered through it, and uh, feels like, like the it. first time. Yeah, I like it. I was very excited to hear that a new Slayers was made. I waited for the dub, and even after it was, even after the dub was finished, it, it took me a while to finally get it. And I just watched it, and it's. It's pretty good, and we we talked about some of the voices earlier. How they didn't get all the voices back. In fact, I think only the four principal characters returned, and anyone who was also in the early seasons, like like Prince Phil and and uh, and Zelos, they all have different voices now. And it it's okay. Uh, it starts out. Uh, Lena has run out of bandits to uh, rob, so she's now. She's now on the high seas and she's taking out pirates. And they they rescue like a like a fish woman. I forgot I actually forgot about this when I started watching the series again, is the fish people. How, how creepy they are.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we went this long without talking about the fish people.
0: Oh god, yeah.
1: For anyone who hasn't seen them, just imagine a fish and they have like noodle arms and legs attached.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a mermaid except backwards <laughs> and so, yeah so they're they're saving a fish woman and who shows up with the serun navy fleet but amelia and she's got zalgadas with her and they've got this other guy wiser he's like this investigator who's out to get lena in fact uh when he finally corners her he arrests her on the charge of being lena inverse and she's like what that's not a crime and and it cuts over to the other three characters, and they're like, well, he's got her there. No denying, she is Lena Inverse.
1: <laughs> Offering absolutely no help. And I mean, it, it ties in, again, it ties into Lena's kind of a villain. <laughs> yeah. So and, that's why even her friends are like, well, yeah, like, yeah, I guess so. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, okay, Slayers is back. And this this season also introduces a new character, Pakota, who also knows the Dragon Slave. <laughs> And he's this little... Digimon
1: gone rogue.
0: Yeah, he's like this little stuffed animal character. In fact, he has a zipper on the front. And inside (laughs) the zipper, he keeps the Sword of Light, which got given away at the end of Slayer's Try. But this is actually a replica, and it's kind of shitty, too, because it runs out of power really quickly. So apparently it's running on NICADs. (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, yeah, the end of the first episode is... Pakoda is taking out all these magic tanks because... uh, God, I actually forgot why he was doing that. It, I think that kind of got lost in in the story somewhere.
1: They stopped but, caring about it, but I think basically what it was is that they're stealing his kingdom's technology, or he designed them, and then people were stealing them,
0: yeah, or he's, something he's, like that. He's, yeah, he's he's actually been the one causing all the calamity that that Lena's gotten blamed for, and uh, Pakoda actually joins up with the group, but it takes a while.
1: The two groups are antagonistic for a while because Lena is angry at Pakoda for causing trouble and she's getting blamed for it. And Pakoda has his own agenda because he's blowing up the magic tanks that, like, um, that were stolen from him or something. And yeah. they eventually they, they meet up with Zelos again, and the whole group ends up in Pakoda's kingdom, which was um, came down with a plague, and then they find out that Reza, the red priest, was the one who sealed the whole town up. And so they could wait for a cure. And then there's like a conspiracy with um, Rezo's intentions and uh, the kingdom that was stealing technology and the drama behind um, like Pakoda feeling that his country was abandoned by all their neighbors, that nobody cared. Nobody w- wanted to help except for Rezo. So because he'll say that like, Rezo saved us. And Lena's like, well, was a bastard. And he, doesn't, <laughs> he probably had an ulterior motive. And he's like, no.
0: Yeah, he gets kind of kind of whiny about it. He's like, "Stop saying that about Rizzo."
1: Yeah, he doesn't really like. He's that's his only reason. He was nice. He did this. He seals all up so he can't be a bad guy. Nobody else cared, and Lena's like, "Well, I blew up his ass because he summoned Cthulhu." I don't, <laughs> I don't care what you say, Pikachu. Like <laughs> this is this is, the guy's a bad guy, and then. Um, I think the first half of the series has is more to do with the, the, the leader of the evil kingdom. And I can't remember her name, but she's got a huge like Elizabethan collar on. And she's also got on her side, um, at least temporarily, uh, Pakota's old colleague from when they were both human. Pakota's soul was transferred into a stuffed animal. And his friend's soul was transferred into the body of an anthropomorphic tiger.
0: A thundercat. Because
1: God knows why, but he's a really, he's a really like ugly looking one too. His nose is all wrong, and he's got a unibrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, this series has as in addition to the dragon people and the demons and all this, they also have a lot of beast characters. Like we forgot to mention Jellis from from Slayers Try, who yeah. is actually one of my favorite characters. Did you see the has, fox
1: with the bombs?
0: Yeah, and he has the voice of Meowth.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's kind of talking <laughs> in this kind of uh, wrong-sounding British accent.
1: Yeah, I, I, one joke that I, I running gag that I say with my friends is that because of The way my comic looks, I get a lot of furry fans. And there's, I started talking about like, I really like Slayers, so I drew these doodles of Slayers. And one person complained, like, they never take the furry character seriously in Slayers. I'm like, nobody's taken seriously in Slayers. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) And uh, it just came to mind, especially near the end of Revolution, where the the Tiger Man became like a centaur Tiger Man, and I'm like, what the hell am I watching?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, whoa, I think this is. Coming very close to jumping a shark.
1: <laughs> I hope nobody's wa- like watching me watching this. It's not what you. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't even remember that character's name, but he was definitely like a bad spot in Revolution because not only was did he have one of the worst character designs, and he his motivations were really weak. Like basically, yeah. he's mad. That was his motivation for betraying people left and right.
0: Yeah, and he summoned the the demon beast Sanifar, who um, I remember the the that name a lot from the original cartoons, but I don't think that demon ever showed up until this this particular cartoon. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I, f- I remember looking this up, but I don't remember. Yeah, like, yeah I don't maybe remember. Maybe Sanifar showed up in the first season.
2: What's the name? Yeah. Or Xanifar?
1: Maybe, he, maybe he was at the end. I think he was at the
0: end of the first season.
1: <laughs> yeah. I th- I think he showed up in the whole, like, with the tree in Rezo, but he looked completely different.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I'm not remembering him.
1: He looked, I don't know, like he was, I remember it being like some sort of snake thing in the first season, and then it became like a four-legged Reshiram from (laughs) Pokemon Black and White in, in Slayer's Revolution, and it was kind of odd.
3: Yeah.
1: Very very odd designs in, or ad, at least adaptations of designs in Revolution. Um, but I liked it. The animation is the best it's ever been because it's all digital now. Yeah. Um, and there are a number of really funny episodes. Like, uh, I think it's in Revolution where Wiser works with Zelos to intimidate Lena. Yes. Yeah. And there, they, there's like, uh, Zelos just tells him a bunch of crap that doesn't work that he knows won't work just to mess with him. I think at one point he's like, trying to intimidate lena by appearing in a speedo with bronzed skin like, i don't even remember oh, oh God. what zealous told him
0: yeah, that, yeah. Character, that character was great he didn't show up nearly enough he he kind of disappeared after the first three, 13 episodes yeah yeah but we got another character that kind of replaced him which was uh nama who nudge wink <laughs> is actually naga the serpent uh, her soul is trapped in a suit of armor, much in the same way Pagoda is trapped in a stuffed animal body.
2: Well, where's her body then?
0: Um, apparently in a cardboard box somewhere in the uh, somewhere in the woods, or at least that's what they imply at the at the end of the episode where she's transferred back. Oh, okay. so, so
2: so not like in in a in a wooden crate in a uh, government uh, warehouse. Yeah,
0: yeah that. That cardboard boxing—I don't know what that's a reference to. I imagine it's a reference to something, but I don't—I didn't get it. I just was like, okay. But yeah, she—they—they they find her by searching the wreckage of a of a city that was destroyed by Xanapar. And uh, what what happened is that Naga was uh, was you know somewhere where she shouldn't have been, and was like, ooh, treasure, and she goes to pick up this jar which is called the Hellmaster's Jar, and it transfers her body to a suit of armor in the city. And she's trapped under the rubble, and Lena and company come and save her. And Lena's like, her voice sounds very familiar. And then she does the Naga laugh, and Lena does this this wild take. She immediately realizes who it is, but she never actually says it. Like... it's just a nudge and a wink the whole way through because you get the impression that both Lena and Zelos know that it's Naga, but no, that nobody really wants to say it.
1: Yeah, it's it's pushed even harder because uh, Naga and Emilia are sisters, but and they they don't recognize each other when it's Nama and Amelia, but yeah. they get along. They at least try and get along really well <laughs> with hijinks. <Yeah.
2: laughs> so how many slayers does that leave us left with, Neil?
0: Um, well this is this is actually the last season, but there's there's still a bit more. I mean there was there was the episode where where due to a rock slide or something, Amelia got trapped inside of uh, Nama's armor so so for an entire episode, uh, Nama and Amelia are trying to occupy the same space and uh, failing at it like Amelia is trying to save the day and someone drops a coin and Nama's like, ooh, money." <laughs> and, but they they eventually kind of coordinate because they you know wait hint, wait a minute wait
2: a minute wait a minute wait a minute what? I know this plot what siblings one in a suit of armor the other adventuring with them
0: uh no uh, but anyway <laughs> at one point they do coordinate <laughs> because uh big hint uh they're both of the royal Seirun family and therefore they know the same attacks so they're both doing like the the pacifist crush and all these other goofy attacks, which we also forgot to mention earlier is that uh, Prince Phil's attacks are all hilariously uh, pacifistic but somehow are violent at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's like Joy to the World kick or something. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You're (laughs) tragically malicious? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez.
1: Love of Mankind hug or something. But, um, yeah.
2: Mankind was awesome. That was Mick Foley.
1: (laughs) I don't remember... I only remember the very end of, of Revolution uh, Evolution R. I don't remember how it builds up to that point. Oh, yeah. They're, oh, I remember. Um, they're, they're looking for the Hellmaster Jar. That's what they're doing. And there's yeah. goofy episodes with, like, the weird fishman mating season episode where Gowry tries to be a fishwoman's wife, um, husband, rather.
3: Yeah.
2: And
1: then there was a whole, like, one life to live sort of clusterfuck going on there
2: well um, yeah they, they should have just listened to brandy because you know he can't get between the ma- the sailor and the sea f- <laughs> oh, oh,
1: God.
0: yeah i forgot about that there were the, those goofy filler episodes
1: yeah and then um they get the hellmaster jar and it ends up having rezo's spirit in it because rezo is the only one who can resurrect the the sleeping kingdom that pakoto is prince of it. Resur- god Ooh. damn it!
0: <laughs> you're you're just punny tonight, aren't you?
1: They're good puns, just god damn it.
0: Waka waka. Yeah.
1: But um, <laughs> they find the Hellmaster jar, and Zelgadis goes nuts so because he thinks Rezo can turn him back from being a chimera. And I don't know if I should say the answer or not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I figure everyone who likes Slayers has seen it already. Um, that eventually it leads into them resurrecting the kingdom and then rezo possessing the body of the human body of pakota with pakota the stuffed animal's permission and then it turns out hey even though i'm in a different human body if i open my eyes here's shabernigdo and then yeah. it all goes to hell
0: <laughs> yeah the thing with rezo is that he's blind and he's his entire motivation throughout the series is that he wants to see and that's kind of what turns him to the dark side is that uh, he's making all these like really morally corrupt compromises to get his vision back, including sacrificing other people. And, uh, it's revealed that if he actually does open his eyes, then the demon, uh, comes out and Shabernigdo was at the end of episode 10 of the first season. And, and now he's back. So basically they're tying off the series with, uh, with the very first, uh, big bad villain. And, the significance of Shabernigdo is that he's the he's the demon from which Lena draws power from whenever she does the Dragon Slave. So the Dragon Slave will not actually work on him, except that it kind of does in the end of Evolution R for some reason. It's Like they they
1: use the Giga Slave.
0: Yeah, they kind of explained it. It's like, well, he's got these like snake ghosts coming off of him, and if we shoot the Dragon Slave at them, it kind of draws power from Shabernigdo. And it, it's taking power, it's like kind of, it's kind of like battery logic, like, by drawing power from him, he's losing power, I don't know. But it's hey. like, it, it, a complete contradiction from the first season, but oh well. It looked neat. Yeah, but, yeah, at the end, uh, Pakota tries to stop Shabernigdo, and Lena's like, okay, I got, I got this one chance to do the Giga Slaves, and she does the Giga Slave one last time, her hair turns white, she she defeats the, the demon Shabernigdo and everything's back to normal again and uh and the series ends on kind of a I don't know this the the last episode is kind of goofy for me I don't <laughs> it because it, it, it it's kind of like over, I thought it was kind of overblown it's very dramatic and kind of overly dramatic it's it's very um it takes itself kind of too seriously I think because I'm used to Slayers being kind of goofy, but of course, all of the, you could—I guess you can kind of say that about all of the seasons. It, it, all yeah. the seasons kind of end on that kind of uh, big, big epic moment that is almost out of character for the rest of the show.
1: Yeah, I would rank um in terms of like if I were to say which season is my favorite. Next is definitely my favorite, and. I think Revolution and Evolution R are my favorites. Oh, I know what we've completely forgot about. And Evolution R is the ninja guy, the assassin.
0: Oh my god! How did we forget about that? Yeah. Well, we that's... forgot
1: about him because they rushed over this conclusion very quickly. It was he. He that was a really dark, dark, dark backstory and villain. But he didn't stay around for very long. He was he was in the end of Evo, Revolution and then he came back in Revo, Evolution R, and then and then he was kind of mysterious, and then they did a reveal about this, this one character being the assassin in the skies, and then it was really bloody and really gory, and there's a lot of death, and then a really gross backstory, and then it was all over with, and they didn't talk about it anymore. Like, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> what did I just watch?
0: <laughs> and there was also the robot maid character who... Uh... Oh,
1: yeah. What the hell?
0: Yeah, it was like... <laughs> Okay, there's a robot in in a fantasy setting.
1: Mm, maybe I'm big. gonna have to like watch, try try and revolution R again and whatever. try try again.
0: She, she kind of looks like Dorothy Wainwright.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Dorothy's a little cooler looking though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
2: so yes, uh, I think we're finished with the series now.
0: Yeah. yeah. And now we kind of move into the bonus section because we have uh, total protonic reversal. Yeah, in the Sega Saturn uh, releases, uh, Slayers Royal and Slayers Royal Two, they actually do have uh, actual animated scenes where Naga meets some of the TV show cast. I, she meets Gowry for sure, and I think she meets uh, Zalgadis, but she does not meet Amelia. And that's kind of the funny thing is that that is the rule. That seems to be the rule is that she's not allowed to meet Amelia, or at least. If she does, uh, it has to be under certain terms where they don't know that it's each other, because I think that happened in the comic series too, where Naga is in disguise for some reason, and she runs into Amelia, and Amelia doesn't know that it's Naga. And
2: Naga in disguise—that's what you are So
0: <laughs> it's this—it's this whole game that they play to keep the, the two sisters apart, and I think that's the whole motivation. In fact, even in Slayers Premium, when the four characters are flung out of the. Uh, the octopus garden under the sea uh you notice that the the
2: under the, three, the sea the
0: three characters are kind of three of the characters are launched toward the beach and then amelia is flung in, flung in a completely opposite direction and that's so that when naga shows up amelia is nowhere to be found
2: and then there are the light novels which no one in america has read
0: yeah
1: i forgot I to look read. up if they're available Here, let me find out google help me out
0: there is one other little artifact of uh, of Slayers that this is a show I've not yet watched, but it's called Lost Universe, and I've heard it described as Slayers in Space, and
1: Slayers.
0: it does look a lot like Slayers. It's it's very Slayers, but it's it's definitely a space odyssey. Oddity? So, yeah, I I gotta see this. It it, it has <laughs> to be seen. It's 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 part of the Slayers family.
2: <laughs> so with that, I think we're gonna wrap up our Slayer Special Part Two.
1: I do, want to say, I do remember one last thing that I wanted to mention. One more um, thing! <laughs> I think I see a lot more um, fan art and fandom for the TV series, and I'm not really sure, like, is it just because it's longer or was it easier to get? But I know one reason is probably because um, one aspect that was in the TV series that wasn't um, available in the OVAs and movies so much is just light hints of shipping characters together that Mm -hmm. there's, you know, Amelia and Zell goddess blushing moments. And then Lena and Gowrie. none of that going on with Lena and Naga. So,
2: Oh, you gotta believe that some artists have taken some liberties there.
1: Oh, well, okay. I'm, I'm saying in in the show itself, fandom excluded. (laughs) Then you can have Pakoda and his like tiger centaur beast getting it on.
0: I'm sure some of that is out there too.
2: Yeah, yeah, we know some furries. Oh boy, can't <laughs> speak
0: Oh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I'm I'm totally on board with Lena and Naga kind of.
1: <laughs> Actually, well, no, because in, in not, a TV series, it's a lot more blatant.
0: Yeah, Lena. When Lena's with Naga, she's uh, around twelve, so maybe not. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. That's another weird oddity of uh, Slayers Royal is that. Um, for some reason, they used Lena's OVA design, and she's definitely skewed younger. She's she's even flatter than what she is in the series, and it's like, why did they use that design? She's standing next to Gowry. so I'm like, okay, Z-hole whatever. Dragon
1: Ball Z problem again. Yeah. <laughs> Icarus.
0: Uh, no, thankfully there's no equivalent to Icarus. Naga doesn't count. No, Naga is not Icarus.
2: Naga is a, is several flights of stairs up. Yeah. So, uh, Slayers, check it out. We love it. Uh, this is your host, Ben.
0: We're a TV transmission,
1: And Slightly Damned Chew.
2: We're saying goodnight.
1: Goodnight. Goodnight.
3: Goodnight. <laughs>
4: What are you talking about? If someone eats an octopus possessing demonic powers, then soon that person will only be able to speak an octopies. It's happened to dozens of people in town already. Octopies? Huh? black chested What that? Oh, oh, I know this. Black chested roughly translated means Oh, my God in heaven, an octopies. It's really a charming language once you're used to it. Oh, my name is Ruma, by the way. Come on.
5: Why don't you just go on ahead, if you're in such a hurry? But... What now?
3: I... I... I, You know that I can't leave you behind!
4: How could I enjoy my octopus by myself, knowing that I've left you all alone in this cruel, cruel world, sir?
5: Octopus is nasty.
4: Now, let's go get some octopus together, sir.
5: But seriously, I don't... You
4: and I are going to march into Ikusu shoulder to shoulder, Mr. Cell Goddess. Then we'll eat so much seafood, we're gonna be sick!
5: Oh, God.
4: You're so brave. But no. I'll never leave you, sir. Perfect. You must be just as hungry as I am. Let's get a move on.
5: Look, fine. I'll go into town. But I'm not eating any octopus, okay? You hear me?
4: Oh, don't you worry. There'll be plenty for both of us. Octopus, oh my, oh my. When you've got two, oh, it's an God.
5: octopi. <laughs> Please stop singing.
4: <laughs> so our best bet's to hit this place, huh? That's what my master always told me. Oh, I wish we could find him.
5: Zello says Gowrie's sick.
4: What are you two doing here? Don't you worry, Gowrie. We're gonna make you all better.
5: Orange butterfly scimitars.
4: So you... you're just here because of him?
5: Well, of course. He's the one who needs our help, isn't he? Sticky teeth green... <laughs> oh,
4: no! Not you, too! Lick my feet! Oh. This is not good. How could all of them be sick? Flat right. right. <gasps> that holds the cure to the demon disease? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad! Mannequins. Oh. Ah! Butterscotch
2: nose appraiser!
4: Ray Wing! So Ruma's master knows the spell to fix all of this, but now that he only speaks octopies, he can't utter it. Then there's Ruma. Her magic's not nearly strong enough to be of much help yet. So I guess that means if anyone can fix this, it's gonna have to be me. Look, is that Chicken it? Chicken cookie. The velvet bimple hair.
5: Riding sniff mix, but wrong.
4: Oh, stop talking already. You're driving me nuts. That you you, you
3: are not making any sense.
4: You know, I've been thinking about the War of the Monsters Fall, And it must have happened a long time ago, right, Zelos?
5: I believe it was one thousand and twelve years ago, to be exact. Holy cow! You are a really, really old man, aren't you? (laughs) Uh, What... what brought this on? Still, you look pretty young for a 1,012 year old man. Hey, you get better with age, right, (laughs) Zelos? That's right, Gowrie. thank you.
4: Martina? Why are you dressed like that and what are you doing? What do you mean, what? It's obvious, isn't it? I'm earning my traveling money. Oh, looks hard. Damn it, part-timer. Quit goofing off, or you won't get paid. Yes, sir. Hey, Martina, I hate to say this, but your dress is wide open in that! Ah! You tricked me! Why, you idiot! Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Why did I hire you anyway? Come over here for a minute. But it wasn't my fault! That'll teach her to go hitting Lena Inverse.
5: There you go again. Just making enemies, as always.
4: We'll have to use something in place of the anchor. Hmm... Say, Zell, how much do you weigh?
5: Why are you asking me that? (gasps) Hey, wait! Come on! Even you wouldn't do that! Amelia, say something to her!
4: Poor Mr. Zell Goddess! We can at least let you breathe down there with this thing!
2: (gasps) Oh, my heavens!
4: Forget, you're our anchor, so don't move.
0: The Lena Rudo team versus
5: the Amelia Zelos team.
4: I know it's sudden, but I'm ready to play, Miss Lena. Hello. What? Zelos? When did he go? Hey, you guys, what's the big idea?
5: Oh well, it was boring just to watch you play, so I decided to enter, and Miss Amelia used her influence to
4: get us in the game. That's how it happened. Let's do it, Miss Lena. Don't underestimate me just because I got it on influence. Hammer of justice served! <sighs> the I have nothing against you, but if I don't beat you, I can't face Martina in the final smash! <laughs>
5: <Huh>? <laughs> Winners! The Lena Rudo team! ha <laughs> ha! That was stupid.
4: Thanks, Dad! Okay, Uncle Randy, this is your last chance. I know that if you give up your evil ways even a little bit, then my dad will be able to forgive you!
5: Uh, no way! Get
3: out!
4: evil i
2: can't
3: believe that my own brother would
0: ally himself with such a monster to assassinate me i'm sorry but even a pacifist like myself can't let him get away with this
4: hey hold on you can't handle this pacifist crush no way kindness to all creatures kick this is weird oh our friend garundia don't panic
5: we'll call the other monsters
3: Come Come forth, our allies! Those fools! We've got to stop them! Let's do it! Damn way! Goodwill towards men, Smash!
4: (laughs) You can't stop me that easily! Come forth, anybody! I will be the king of Seirun! Mm-hmm. Fireballs! Oh! Fireballs! You idiot! Don't you know what's gonna happen when those
3: things hit? Ah! I only wanted to
1: be the Seirun king!
5: So I guess you're a living suit of armor.
4: Living... Armor? Oh, living armor!
5: What's that? Exactly how it sounds. A suit of armor that was given life using magic. Believe it or not, this thing actually has a mind of its own.
4: What kind of magic would do something like that? Do you guys think it could have been... The Hellmaster's Jar? Hey! Listen up, you! I don't want to talk to a mean lady who thinks it's okay to suddenly attack other people. But, uh, I think she's really angry at you, Miss Lena. Oh, come on! If a suit of armor starts singing a song and then suddenly bursts out in some creepy laughter, who wouldn't throw a spell or two? <laughs> uh, knock it off! That's so not cute!
5: Really? I think she's pretty darn cute, actually. <gasps> all right, all right. We were wrong for attacking you. We're sorry. Now, do you think we could talk a little? Who are you, anyway?
3: Who
4: am I, you ask? Who is Nama? That's what you're asking me? Yes, that's what we're asking you! Well, at least we know your name is Nama, so we're making some headway, right? I think it was Nama, or something that sounds like that. It might be a bit different.
5: Your name doesn't matter. Just tell us, do you know anything about a jar?
4: A jar? Anything will do. Can you tell us anything at all? Uh, um, oh, a jar! You remember? Yes, I do remember something about a jar. It was when Noma was looking for treasure. Oh, treasure. Yeah! Right after that, I fainted. When I came to, I was here singing a song. Well, and why were you singing? Because it was so lonely being in here all the Oh, that's too bad. Whatever.
5: What's important right now is that you weren't originally a living suit of armor, but you were a normal human being, right?
4: So she was normal, huh? Now that I think about it, I feel like I've heard her voice before, though it's not a voice that I wanted to remember. I wonder... Is something hmm? wrong? Nama's voice sounds very fin- uh, hmm. No way, that would be impossible. <gasps> You mean you think you know the living armor? Well, her voice is exactly the same, but the way she talks is completely different. Is that all? There are plenty of people in the world who have voices that sound alike, Miss Lena. Hey, maybe you knew one of Nama's family members, a parent or a sibling or something. A parent or sibling, huh? I have to admit, I'd be curious to meet any relatives a talking suit of armor would have. Hmm.
5: From what you've told us, it seems your memory's been damaged. Hmm. Though I can't tell whether or not it's from the Hellmaster's jar.
4: Where? Where did you find that jar in the first place? Here? Was it somewhere underground? Where did I find it? Well... Um, let me see. Uh, I've hot! you better remember! For some reason, my reflexes keep acting up when I talk to them.
5: She's acting a little strange, huh? You hit Nama's head with a
3: sliver! That was very
4: inconsiderate! I'm not going to tell you anything anymore! So there! Hey, Lena! (laughs) Apologize! Go on! We need to find out more from her! Let's see an appropriate punishment! If that girl kneels before me and says I was wrong, I will never hit Nama again, and I will do whatever she tells me while grinding her face in the dirt, then I'll gladly tell you everything! (laughs) what she say? That's fine by me <laughs> <You're> <laughs> you refuse. You're <welcome> to wander <laughs> your all over looking for the jar, if that's what you want. Just yeah. do
5: it already. Yeah.
4: Come on, you've got to be the bigger person in this situation. Oh, who'd bow to a walking tea kettle like her anyway? A oh, walking tea kettle? Do you think Nama will take an insult like that lying down? I'll shut your mouth by force if that's what it takes. That's fine by me. Then I'll make you tell us where the jar is by force, too. That will only work if you actually remember where the jar is. Oh! Of course I remember where it is! But first, we're going to duel. Come outside!
5: Now, that's a convenient way to get around.
4: Who does that quack think she's kidding?